Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity even to look into your word now. We ask, Spirit of God, that you speak to each and every one of us a word in season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're, we're welcome to the service once again. It's, it's good to be in God's presence. I know that God has a word for each and every one of us. And I know that he's already been speaking since the beginning of the service. I think it's Exodus 15, 26 that says that if you're obedient, if you listen to what the Lord your God says that none of the diseases of the Egyptians will come upon you. I, I pray that God will help us to be a, an obedient people, to hear what is saying and to Heed what he's saying for a time in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so good to see you all. A smile, Jesus loves you. Some of us, we, we, you know, we're very solemn, very, I uh, think maybe we're already in those heavens, you know. Is it the fourth or the fifth or the seventh? Tell your neighbor, smile, Jesus loves you. If they're not smiling, smile, Jesus loves you. All right. Yeah, tell your husband to tell him. Praise the Lord. Shall we open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6? Matthew chapter 6, I read from verse 25. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 25. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the hair. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. It says, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day 
has enough trouble of its own. Why, why are we threatened? Why are we stressing? It says, let us seek first God's kingdom, his righteousness, and everything else will be added. Everything else will come. The message I have for you this morning is very simple. And it, it's, it's actually a question. The question is, what do you live for? What do you live for? What do you live for? You know, one of the things, the, the pandemic, I think I've lost count how many months now. Nine, March 9, 2019 till now, that's 19 months thereabouts. Or is it 20 months? I mean, one thing the pandemic made us do for many of us is to become very reflective and to start thinking about what, our, what are our priorities in life. Those things that prior to the pandemic, those things we held so dear, you know, all of a sudden, we just start thinking, is this really important? Should this be my priority? Does it really matter? You know, is, is it the, the number of people that lost their jobs or, is, or, you know, the extreme, those that we knew that passed away? Not just those that, you know, they talked about some people that are, that are vulnerable and they called some people extremely vulnerable. At a point in time, we thought it was just the old people that were being affected. And then we start hearing that, you know, actually younger people, vulnerable people are being affected. Then we start hearing that, hang on, healthy people with no underlying conditions were being affected. And then they said, you know, don't worry about children. And then we heard that children were being affected. So it, it is a disease that knows no bounds. It doesn't know any creed. It doesn't know any color. It doesn't know any race. Some people thought, oh, you know what? Because they're in Africa, they're safe. From, and, and someone said it's the, the Chinese disease. And then we had Chinese disease, South African variant, Brazil variant, Indian variant, and stay in all, all sorts. But yeah, so what, what are you living for? What is your priority? What is important to you? I, I remember growing up and our, our parents, uh, some of our parents, it's, I, I trust that we learn from the experience of others. Some of our parents, after they've had their first, second, third child, it's no longer about the relationship. They say they're living for their children and everything they're doing, it's for their children. I dare say, I, I was sitting there and I was reflecting some seven, eight years ago, I remember talking to a colleague of mine and I was like, you know what, at this stage in life, it's not so much about what I want or what I'm able to accomplish. It's more about, you know, these children we've got. Is that, is that the right perspective? Some people, like we said, so many people lost their jobs. So many people were furloughed from work. So many people started looking for alternative sources of income. Praise the Lord. The, the, the forexes and the passive incomes, I mean, I heard all sorts. 
I, I heard all sorts. There, there was one that, you know, somebody said they were selling barrels. Was, is it barrels of oil? You know, incredible, the returns will blow your mind. I mean, you're earning 20-something percent a month return on investment. And you're thinking, really? I mean, I, I, I heard someone make a statement. They said, I'm making so much now that I can never consider paid employment again. That, that was a statement someone made. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we shouldn't make money. I'm not saying we shouldn't make money. After all, what did we, you know, the Bible that passage read was talking about Solomon in all his glories. But even the preacher, Solomon, he said in Ecclesiastes 10, 19, the B part, he said money, you know, answers everything. Money is good for all things, right? So it's, it's good to make money. It's, it's good to have money. It's good to, you know, and God himself said in Exodus, that he's the God that gives us the power to make wealth, to get wealth. So I am not, I'm not against money. I'm not against riches. I'm not against, you know, having, you know, abundance of wealth. But what, are, what is our priority? What do we value most? What are you living for? Is it, are you just living for your children? Are you just living for the job? I, I tell folks at work, I say that, you know what? The reality is this. If you stop working today, somebody else will take up that job and they'll continue to run with it. Don't die on that job. It's not, that is not the sum, the sum total of your life. In, in my workplace, eight people, left the job over the summer period. The organization is still running. Hey, that is life. What are you looking after? What are you running after? You know, you know Solomon said something in Ecclesiastes eleven fourteen. 14. He says, I have seen all the works which has been done under the sun. And behold, all is futility and striving after wind. Everything, everything that's been done, everything under the sun. And you know, the Bible tells us this guy was so smart. He was a wise man. He said everything, he was rich. He pretty much had everything you could think of. He said everything is futility and striving after wind. Just chasing after something that cannot be grasped. Sometimes I, I wonder about the preacher. You know, Ecclesiastes is the preacher. I, I wonder about him and I ask myself, you know, there, there are some things that that guy wrote in the Bible that can we really take him for his word? But then remember what I said. Sometimes it is good to learn from the experience of others. This guy had been there, done that, gotten the T-shirt. There, there was a Nigerian musician way back this guy sang a song about family planning. Um, he sang it with another musician, a lady. And people were criticizing him that, you know, someone that had so many wife and children all over the place. How could he be, you know, singing about family planning? 
But you know, somebody else responded and said, actually, you know what? He knows what he's talking about because it's been there. You see some, they, they talk about some men that after the 10th child, they ran away because they, they couldn't hack it anymore. So, you know, some people, they have the experience to actually talk about those things. Solomon said that, you know, everything, it's, it's futile. It's vain. It's, it's, you know, chasing after the wind. What is the value? What is the value it is? What is our motive? I was talking about the, you know, the, the income, the, the new, I, I think it's, for me, it's actually, it's very concerning. The rate at which people are chasing money now. And I'll tell you what one of my concerns is. Some of it borders on deception. And some of it, you know, there's something called multi-level marketing. It's, and some of you might know about pyramid schemes. Some pyramid schemes are designed as multi-level marketing. One of my concerns with this is that a lot, a lot of people, there's money to be made there, but some people will suffer for it. And as Christians, it behoves us to think about those people. So whilst I might make, I don't know, a 25% return on investment in the next month, where's that money coming from? Where's that money coming from? Because somebody else is being encouraged to place their funds, their hard-earned cash, their their retirement savings to put it into some venture and they'll look at you say yes responsible respectable i'll do it because it is you because it is me and they put their funds into it it is not sustainable let's understand that it is not sustainable whilst you may go into it and get out quickly and cash in and make your funds how about those people that you've encouraged to go into it and they go into it and they'll end up, because it is not sustainable, it will crash. Someone was telling me, oh, you know what, there's this venture you make like, you know, you don't have to do anything. You make like five, 6% income straight. That all you have to do is you put money in the bank into some account and you know, a few, maybe a few months later, the returns come to you. Okay, so what's the, what exactly is happening? Oh, you know, people that need money for this and that. I'm like, well, you know, it's deception. They're like, well, well, it depends on what they want to do with the money. I like, so it doesn't matter what they want to do with money. But you know that the money can be used for. I'm like, uh, well, it's up to them. As, as righteous children of God, I pray that God will help us to always do what is right in his sight. May God help us in Jesus' name. On, on Friday, Baba, Baba posted a question, Pastor Isaac, okay, posed a question. And I was like, would you, you know, would you rather, was it a billion pounds? Does anyone remember him saying that? A billion pounds or you know, raise the dead. On the face of it, the answer looks straightforward, doesn't it? 
It looks very straightforward. We're very spiritual beings. Amen. <laughs> okay, so I, I take it some people, the answer was, I'll take the billion, the billion pounds. <laughs> All right, so praise the Lord. You know, as, as spiritual beings, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll raise the dead. But, but you know, if, but if, you, if you think about it, yeah, that's, that's the thing. At the end of the day, what does God want for you as an individual? If you, if you think, oh, you know what, a billion pounds, and you take the billion pounds, and God wants to give you that gift, even if it's, the Bible says there's rejoicing. One soul. So even if it is one soul that you're going to raise from the dead and that will give their life to Christ and go to heaven, hey, is that soul worth a billion pounds? I think so, and much more. But if God is planned for you, is that that billion pounds, you're going to use it to make such significant impact to, you know, to address, remember what we said, money answers everything, to address so many of the challenges that the body of Christ is facing. And all you want to do is, you know, you're, you're coveting that spiritual gift, that miraculous ability to raise the dead. But that is not what God has in stock for you. Then of what value is having the billion pounds? God deals with us, you know, individually. What is God's plan? What is his purpose concerning you? What does he want for you? <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, Paul made a, a profound statement for some, for I think for over a month now, I've been, I've been thinking about the book of Philippians. And I think some weeks ago, I had the opportunity to talk to the children. We looked at Philippians chapters three and four. And I've been thinking a lot about, you know, that book that was written to the people of Philippi. Paul said something in Philippians 121. Say that for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And really, <clears throat> that, that, that was his position. So back to that question, what are you living for? Paul said for him, for to him, and he was personalizing it, to him, to live is Christ. The New Living Translation says, living means living for Christ. So in as much as you are alive, what are you living for? Living means living for Christ. The Amplified Version expands it and says, he is my source of joy, my reason to live. So what are you living for? For to me, personally to me, to live is Christ. Living means living for Christ. Is my source of joy, my reason for being. <clears throat> Excuse me. Colossians 2 Read from um, verses 9 to 14. 
Colossians 2 from verses 9 to 14. It says, for in him, all the fullness of deity dwells bodily in bodily form. And in him, you have been made complete. You have been made whole. Not without exception. You have been made complete. And he is the head over every rule and authority. And in him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision performed without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Having been buried within in baptism, in which you were also raised within through faith in the working of God, <clears throat> who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in your wrongdoings and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our wrongdoings, having canceled the certificate of death, consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So he has taken everything. He has canceled the debt. Praise the Lord. What are we living for? Colossians 2, 3, verses 2 and 3, talks about setting our minds on the things that are above. Tells us that because we died and our life is hid in Christ, with Christ in God. We have died and our life is hid with Christ in God. What are you living for? Are you living, are you living for him? Are you living for Christ? Or are you living for wealth? Are you living for your children? Are you living for the job? Are you living for that promotion? For some of us, our, our ultimate aspiration is, you know, just to get to the top. The question is, if that is all you're thinking about, when you get to the top, what's going to happen? You know, Jesus Christ said in Matthew, said, let's seek first God's kingdom and its righteousness and everything else will follow, everything else without exception. Everything else without exception will follow. Galatians 2.20 says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by by faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So this life I am living, what is the essence? If Christ, if I'm crucified with him, and I've been raised to life with him, and the life I'm living, I'm living by faith, then what should be my priority? Should it, should it be to acquire wealth, to amass wealth? Should it be popularity to become an influencer? But what kind of influencer? Should it be, you know, what, what is it? What are you living for? And Paul said to die is gain. To die is gain. Again, the NLC says dying is even better. So I can live for Christ. For me to live is Christ. Living for, you know, being alive is to live for Christ. 
But to die is gain. Dying is better than living. The Amplified says, you know, I will be with him in eternity. And that is essentially the reason. So I know that if I'm alive, I'm living for Christ. Everything I do should be about him. If I die, it's all well and good because I'm going to go and be with him in eternity. Now, what he said to the, you know, the Philippians was, you know what? Even though it is, it is better to die, it is even, you know, it's more profitable for me because I know I'll go and be with him. Yet, I'm here right now. And, you know, I'll be with you, I'm, you know, because there's something I need to do. So we're here for service. We're here for a reason. In as much as we're alive, there's a reason why we're alive. Are we fulfilling that reason? Do we even know the reason why we're here? After all, if we're Christians, if you're born again, you're a saved child of God. Honestly, what's, what, what is in this world that's worth it? The, there, there's some countries, I think the speed at which people are running from those countries. But what, what is there to look forward to? Is it the asshole, you know, you wake up in the morning, and, you know, sometimes you say that the rat race continues. Thank God for bliss when we sleep. Some people, even when they're sleeping, their mind is not at rest because they're thinking about a thousand and one things. <clears throat> Paul said um, in that Philippians 1.22, he says, if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. So if I'm to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which to choose, but I am hard pressed from both directions. Having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. Yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sakes. So <clears throat> I know that if I go with Christ, it's so much better. But if I stay in the flesh, it is beneficial because there is a service I am doing. What are we living for? What are you living for? What is the service God has called you to? Because if you're not, if you're not doing that service, are you not better off being in heaven? Jesus Christ himself said he will do the work of him that's called him while it is day. Because the night is coming when no man, no one will be able to work. So whilst it's our daytime, are we doing the work he has called us to do? Are we doing what we're meant to do? Or do we have misplaced priorities? What is your priority? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, last week we talked about uh, what I called Project James 1 to 7. Remember, Project J 1 to 7. And essentially, James 1 to 7 says, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this. To wait to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Are we, are we supporting widows? Are we supporting orphans? Are we supporting the needy? Are we making a difference? Are we making a difference in any way? Think, like we said, as a church, we want to challenge ourselves. Let us make that difference.
there's so many people in need. There's so many people that, you know, we, we talked about love during the Sunday school. Are we showing love? Is it just to those around us, those we know, those we care about, that we're showing love? There's so many people suffering. There's so many people challenged. Are we making a difference? I pray that God, God will help us. Shall we rise? Shall we rise? Let's just... Just say a word of prayer this morning um, for yourself. What, what are you living for? What are you living for? Pure and undefiled religion. What is your reasonable service? What is your act of worship? What are you chasing after? What are those things that you think you need? Since your father knows you need them, even before that need arises, he knows you need them. The things that the pagans, that, that the children of the world are chasing after, he knows those things that you need. Since the lilies are gloriously clothed, for they're there today and they're, you know, tomorrow they're no more. For that you should seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. The righteousness that comes, you know, with the kingdom. It says everything else, everything else will be added. Lord, I give you my heart. Give you my soul, I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, have your way. Lord, I give you my heart, give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. 